Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Okay, here we go. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to No More to Say with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. We are here today to talk about the one, the only, Emily Gilmore. I know. What an icon. I'm so excited. tell you this has absolutely nothing to do with emily gilmore but just now as i said that brett and i for whatever reason last night decided right before we went to bed to watch the recording of the 2014 oscars where john travolta (laughs) mispronounced adina menzel's name as you do as one is one as you do yeah but he goes the wickedly talented the one and only adult does (laughs) him and i don't know why just now i was like the one and only the wickedly talented, the, <laughs> the one wickedly and only talented Emily Gilmore. <laughs> what would we call Emily Gilmore if not Emily Gilmore? Like if you were to mess yeah. Emily Gilmore's name up. Oh yeah, because Adele Dazim was wow. Adele, Dazim. <laughs> that was rare. <laughs> um, I can't even. Lila Gilmore. <laughs> I don't know why. Lila. Yep. <laughs> Apologies to John Travolta. Yeah. I don't know. Apologies to all of you for this as well. <laughs> it just really cracked me up. But anyway, we're here today to uh. talk about Emily Gilmore. But anyway, I'm really excited because we've never really broken down Emily. We've broken down her relationships in a way with other people, or at least we've She's broken down a lot of surface. <laughs> she has also broken down a lot of people. But who is Emily Gilmore? Like, who is she as a character? I think that that's a really exciting topic to explore. I think the real question we should ask is, where did she come from and where did she go? Where did she come from? Cotton Candy Shane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Um, There's not a lot that we know about Emily Gilmore. I feel like for a character who is arguably the most underrepresented Gilmore girl, mm-hmm. people often forget that there are three Gilmore girls on this show and not just the two, which it's understandable. Myself included sometimes. Yeah, but we don't know a lot about her. Yeah. We know that she went to Smith, mm-hmm. but I think that we only learned that in season seven. I don't think that they actually identify her as going to Smith throughout the rest of her time. They don't say it and let the games begin? I don't think that she actually ever mentions it, no, mm. because I think that at some point she mentions playing like field hockey or something yeah and then Linny Carolyn who comes in partings her mom went to college with Emily mm. but we never really get any like sort of like background because we learn in I am Kaya hear me roar mm. that she was a uh, history major at Smith mm. and I don't know that we had heard that before a lot of people think she went to Yale but at the time that Richard was Yale it was all male yeah so male Yale male Yale party it, w- it was the male Yale party <laughs> exactly so she couldn't have gone there but that is where she met Richard mm-hmm. but we know very little about her otherwise we don't know anything about her parents yeah we know her sister hope hopi is in paris yeah lives in paris france but we don't really hear much about her mother and i don't think we ever hear about her father question mark so 
I don't the know. Only thing, the only thing I can recall is when she's planning Rory's 21st birthday party mm-hmm. that she's talking about like the pearl invitations mm-hmm. that she wanted. Mm-hmm. So she's very clearly from like a very well-off family. Right. But we never learn anything about them. They never go to Paris to see Hopi, despite the fact that they told Rory that they would take her. <laughs> yeah. We don't even know her last, like what her maiden name is. Oh, we don't. You're yeah, right. She's just a Gilmore. <gasps> oh, wow. Oh, this really, really makes me want that prequel. Yeah. Oh, oh I my want God. So when she shows up in that blue dress to win Richard over. I know. Even though he has a fiance. Well, I was about to say what we do know about Emily as far as like her history, less her familiar familial history is that like she stole Richard. She was the other woman. She was the other woman. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Another woman should, should be, be saying this, this is ridiculous. ridiculous. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And that's kind of like the scope of the history we get on Emily yeah. and who she was before we met her in the pilot. Yeah. Well, we we catch little glimpses of information. I actually checked out the Gilmore Girls fandom wiki page to see mm. if there was anything that I kind of missed. Yeah. And some of the things that I kind of forgot about, she says that she went through 14 hours of labor before giving birth to Lorelai. Oh, really? I don't mm-hmm. remember that. I don't either. Wow. When she was 12, she decided that her wedding bouquet would be lilies and orchids tied together with the silver bow, which we do learn about in Red Light on the Wedding Night. Is it? Red night and the wedding night or in um Love and War and Snow. Love and War and Snow. Or Wedding Bell Blues. Love and War and Snow is when she's showing the photo album to Rory. Oh, you're right. And she's going through all the pictures. I think it's in that one that we Ooh, yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably right. Because I remember us like zooming in on the picture and in that Patreon episode, like talking extensively oh, yeah. about all of those photographs. For sure. <laughs> and in that episode, she says that she saved her wedding dress and doesn't she offer it to Rory? Oh, I don't remember. She's like, I'll save it for you if you'd like or something to that effect. Definitely not getting used by Rory Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> no offense i love you rory yeah you're listening yikes she writes notes on her vanity mirror because remember richard wants to buy her the and help wanted that yeah. is one of my favorite things that richard does is he buys post-its in bulk when he sees them because he knows that emily uses them i know oh. Oh. but then he's going to dinner with penland lot but we can get That's into that true. later <laughs> and speaking of richard she also according to richard wore an overcoat when they went skinny dipping oh yeah <laughs> They talk about skinny dipping a couple times because she references it in There's the Rub. Well, that is like my favorite thing about Emily is that she's kind of like, despite the fact that she's described it, it's like, you know, this like corporate wife. Her job is to really like take care of the home and take care of him. With that comes this like idea that she's going to be really, you know, innocent, really gentle, docile woman, very ladylike, if you will, mm. whatever that might mean in that context. Mm-hmm. But she's like, super spicy oh yeah she's like talks about going skinny dipping the idea that she played field hockey i know that's kind of an aggressive sport yeah so but that just does like, not surprise me whatsoever yeah or it's like she like found richard that's like classic mastermind by taylor swift none of this was accidental she knew like the first moment that she saw him mm-hmm. she saw their future together yeah and 40 years later here she has it oh absolutely yeah she's a little scheming and dreaming that one yeah and like even the fact that he proposed to her by a trash can that just feels like so them where it's like they seem like this really polished couple that was the word I was looking for but Mm. you know they seem like a little spicy pair oh they totally are now question it wasn't a trash can when he proposed right no no it's not okay but that There's is a tra- eventually it's what it when becomes. when they get there. Yeah. 
<laughs> that it's almost like they reminisce over it. Yeah. I love that scene between the two of them. And they kiss over it. Oh, it's so cute. I love Now, speaking of the proposal, the only thing we really know about Emily's relationship to family members, and this is not blood related, is her relationship with Trix. Because <gasps> Trix absolutely does not like Emily. Oh, no. I mean, we never really learn too much about why she doesn't like Emily, but I think it's just because she's not good enough. For some reason, Penel and Lot was like the better choice, which mm. we can get into like and like as we like to talk more about her arc. But like it just I never really got it. It just Me seemed either. like she just didn't Well, we didn't like have her. enough information because, and I think that is in part because we didn't know a lot about Emily's history. Yeah. We don't find out a lot about her. Yeah. So we could deduce why Trix didn't like her. But I almost think it's more fun that we don't know. We're like, this crotchety old woman just doesn't like her. <laughs> I was just about to ask you that though. Do you feel like the idea that like she's a Gilmore girl and we know like almost nothing about her before she became a Gilmore girl kind of like adds this like idea to the story that she was always meant to be a Gilmore girl and everything that happened to her before them. Not, it's not like, Obsolete, you know, yeah. Yeah, but it's like almost like in comparison, like she was all, this was always who she was meant to be. Yeah, I I think so because I think that we're really meant to focus on her relationship with Lorelai, not necessarily like what Emily's relationship with her mother was like, but I do think that that yeah. would impart some wisdom to the audience as to why she treats Lorelai the way she does, her parents Lorelai the way that oh, she does, yeah. you know? That's something I've always wondered about, Emily. I'm like, what kind of home did you come from? Because I have no idea. And that informs your parenting skills sometimes. Well, because in, um, and there's the rub. That's when she's like, I didn't, I wasn't like taught to like be a mother like that. Yeah. I wasn't taught to be friends with my daughter. Yeah. It's like, what were you taught and how were you taught that? I know. Oh, we need the prequel. I want the prequel. Get the prequel. I want it. Get them. Call yeah, on the call phone right Amy. now. Right now. Amy, Dan, boy, uh, have we got an idea for you. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if Kelly Bishop was a part of that prequel. Well, I feel like we haven't even mentioned her name in this episode, but like, God, what Uh, a perfect person to play Emily Gilmore. I know. She does it so well. Her little nuances are are gorgeous. Like, she's just an incredible actress. And we've spoken to this so many times on the pod. The way that she acts with Lauren, with Ed Herman, like, untouchable. Talk about a crime for not being nominated for an Emmy. I know. This whole show. She is so fucking good in every single scene that she shows up in. Oh, yeah. Because she always shows up. Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm in a silence for the lack of awards for that woman. She's just, it's an iconic character played by an iconic woman. Have I told you, I think I've talked about this on pod, that one of my friends, he's a yoga instructor and he has taught yoga for many years. And during our run together at Cats, he was telling me about how he teaches Carol Leonard from Gilmore Girls. And I was like, who the hell is Carol Leonard? And he was like, she doesn't go by Carol Leonard. Carol Leonard is her real name. Kelly Bishop is her like, stage name. And I was like, oh my God, you teach Pilates to Emily Gilmore? <laughs> and he was like, wait, yeah, she's so Kelly nice. Bishop isn't her real name. So her name is Carol Kelly Bishop. And she married this man named Lee Leonard in 1981. And so her name is Carol Leonard. But she went by Kelly Bishop because her name was Carol Bishop for a long time. I did not know that. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's crazy. I know. Oh my gosh, I love that she's like a yoga lady. She's a yoga lady. Wow. He says that she's just like very unassuming, but also like very direct and a wonderful person. But yeah, Carol Leonard from Gilmore Girls. I was wow. like, oh, I know that show backwards and forwards. Who's this? <laughs> Uh, wow oh my god I had no idea I know I feel like that's kind of like nice for her though like if she's like you know out and about she's like a very recognizable person Mm. that like to have kind of like 
your real name be very unassuming. I know. Can really work to your to your benefit. But no, that's that's one thing that I've always heard about Kelly Bishop is that anyone who's ever like worked with her, talked about her, that she is just an amazing person. Yeah, she is who she is. Very unassuming, very talented, shows up 100% every time. I love I it. I love that. I know. There was the, when Lauren Graham launched her book back in November, Amy and her did that event talking. Um, and they mentioned that uh, the two of them and Kelly still get lunch together. And I was like, stop. You still my heart. That's gorgeous. I love, that. I love that. Oh, that makes my heart so happy. I know. But speaking of Amy and Kelly, like they built this really beautiful character together, yeah. which I love. So let's break her down because yeah. I'd argue <laughs> that Emily has one of the most gorgeous arcs of this entire series. Truly. I think between her and Lorelai, like just the way that the two of them, like the way that Emily's story responds into Lorelai's, because I feel like that's so much of Emily's arc. Mm. They, she has it with other people. Of course. But it's really her relationship to Lorelai. Absolutely. But it's like how she gets there and like from the first time we see her in the pilot episode to the last time we see her in fall oh my god leaps and bounds just like top top five faves that's what actually made it really hard for me to kind of figure out what her turning points were because we wanted to break down emily's arc but also where her big major turning points were this was so hard for me she has it almost feels like there's no definitive we talked about this with rory gilmore like her definitive turning points yeah within the series i feel like emily's are so subtle as they move, it's so hard to decipher like what the big, big ones were. I wonder if you had yeah. the same problem. Yeah, I because I like the way that I kind of broke mine down as I like by season. Mm-hmm, I put like mm-hmm. the episode that had the moment. Me too. Look at us. Look we at didn't us. plan to do same that. Brain. Did it the same way. Same that, brain. That's not always the case. But <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but here we are. But yeah, just because I feel like there are some that correspond to different people. Mm-hmm. For the most part, the ones that I had were the most responsive to Lorelai. Well, yeah, I mean, it's about the mother-daughter relationship. Yeah. 100%. And she does have one with Rory, but it's always kind of like in response to, to Lorelai. And, and like, of course, she has one with Richard. Oh, several. That, that exists within itself. But it's like, mm. it's still always in response to Lorelai. Because I like, I think that so much of like what is the arc of this it's like how much she can like openly be team Lorelai Mm -hmm. and like how she can get there and like how she can almost like manipulate it back into her life yeah which ultimately causes things to go awry of course because she thinks she knows best yeah of course but it's also really interesting to watch the ways in which she shows up thinking that like she's team Lorelai and they're on the same page only for those dreams to be dashed by something Lorelai does yeah those were a lot of the moments I found or like her dashed by Lorelai or like dashed by the fact that it's like she really does not know her daughter as much as she wants to yeah yeah of course like you can't not start at the pilot because it is the first time we see her. It oh, is the first course. time we meet her. This yeah. is where her story begins. Yeah. And we know that they haven't seen each other in quite some time. Mm. And she gets like this one little crumb from Lorelai and she is going to make a feast of it. Oh, I love that scene so much. She's like, now that we're financially involved in your life, I want to be actively involved in your life. Yeah. Because like she mean, sets up the whole conceit for the show, Miss mm-hmm. Emily Gilmore does Mrs. Not Miss, as she reminds <laughs> us of forgiveness and stuff. Yes. Mrs. Gilmore. <laughs> to the one and only Jane Lynch. Wow. Bold. We love this stand. 
Yeah, because she sets up the show for us because we are now going to be going to Friday night dinners mm-hmm. every Friday. Yeah. I'd say the first turning point after that, I initially wrote Rory's Dance because that's such a huge episode for her and Lorelai. That's what I wrote. But I, I, I think an honorable mention is in Rory's birthday parties when she shows up to the house. Oh, but of course... It's almost like the pre-turning point. Yeah. You're right. It's almost like Rory's dance is like the turning back point Mm. because it seems like we're turning a new corner. It's less about them like feeling connected and more her recognizing that she's not as aware of her daughter as she is. She doesn't really know her. Yeah. And that's what she says in the car to Richard in Rory's birthday parties. She's right. I don't know my daughter at all. Yeah. Because in the fight that they have at her house on Rory's actual birthday, when she invites all those Chilton kids over, she's like, oh, I know you. Yeah. And to have that realization is such a huge moment for her. But we don't really see the effects of that, I think, until Rory's dance. Yeah. Because we see them get really close. We see the nurturing relationship mother-daughter between her and Lorelai when she's taking care of Lorelai being sick. Well, throwing her back out. Yeah. And also less a nurturing moment, more of an acknowledgement that she's a good parent. She's a good mother because Emily says to Lorelai, you did a great job with Rory and the dress. Yeah. It's just such a sweet, yummy moment between the two of them. Mac and cheese Emily. Yeah. And then again, they kind of bond over like the the toast, uh, the banana spread on toast. And she's like, this is disgusting. And they're laughing and they're having a great time. And she's taking care of her all for it to culminate. Because it's less about like being connected and more about just like having a nice moment, which is like rare between them. Yeah. But it feels like it's a direct result of Rory's birthday sort of like realization that she doesn't know her daughter. Mm. But it really feels like more of a direct result of the painkillers that Suki doled out to Lorelai from her purse. Of course, of course. <laughs> but like Emily softens. And I think those moments where yeah. we see Emily soften are kind of in tandem with these turning point moments because she puts on such a tough exterior all the time and we don't really know why but we know why she does with Lorelai because there's a lot of pain there yeah um so to see that come down when it does is just delicious and Kelly plays it so well but I would say like a big turning point for their relationship is Rory's dance into forgiveness and stuff yeah because that arc that story arc is so beautiful and also coincides with Emily and Richard's relationship because we don't really see the bond between the two of them yeah until forgiveness and stuff yeah oh that one's one of my faves but it's like heartbreaking I know you know I think that I wouldn't say that Rory's dance itself is a turning point if like that's where we're setting it up it's almost like turning back like it's like this push and pull one step forward two steps back really feels like one step forward 19 steps back with Rory's dance yeah for sure I would say that it's a milestone in like we said kind of the first time we witnessed that comfy nurturing connected relationship that they could have i more so mean like the fight in the kitchen oh of course that they have there because it really sets up for one of my favorite moments between lorelei and emily in season six where they have like the same exact conversation but a different ending yeah we'll get there but like yeah the plane conversation i like literally cry every time i watch it out of context which i did last night in preparation for this where i just like (laughs) Of course. Yeah. But it's just like, that's like such a moment where like they have this confrontation between each other mm-hmm. only for seasons later for it to really. Okay. I know. It's great. Yeah. But for sure. Yeah. The next thing I wrote down was Emily in Wonderland in season one. Same. Like, I think that this is the setup, right? 
we take these steps or they seem like they're taking steps towards not necessarily reconciliation, but like building a new relationship outside of the one that they had between the two of them. I'm ta- I'm speaking, of course, of Lorelai and Emily that they had when Lorelai was growing up. Um, and I think we touched on this in Mothers and Daughters that like it's less about, like I said, reconciliation, more about like how can we move forward knowing that we're two different people with two different parenting styles. Yeah. And it just feels like every time they kind of take steps towards like, wow, look at us. We're doing great. Yeah. Something derails it. And in Emily in Wonderland, it's like fun for Lorelai to see Emily walking around in the sneakers and they go to Kim's Antiques and she's having a great time walking around the town, all for it to culminate to this moment where she sees the potting shed and she sees what Lorelai chose to raise Rory in instead of staying at home with her. Yeah. And I think that that is a huge moment for Emily. Yeah. But she chooses to take it and kind of internalize turn it. it into anger though like resentment yeah. towards Lorelai and throw it back in her face yeah decorate that entire room for Rory yeah instead of using it as a means to mend her relationship with Lorelai yeah because she doesn't know how to I forget what episode it is when Emily not Emily when Lorelai and Rory are talking that like she's never gonna have a good relationship with her mother because like they're never gonna be on the same page they're walking into Luke's as they're having this conversation I can't I can't remember what episode mm. it's in but like I think that Emily kind of feels the same that like there's almost like too much there they would have to go to therapy with Carrie Butler to really (laughs) (laughs) unpack everything Uh, therapy with Carrie Butler what a time but yeah they would just like they'd have to unpack so much so that like why why handle this in a healthy way because it's too hard to they'd have to admit to too much so let's just do it angrily yeah well that's why I say that I feel like they're constantly trying to build a new yeah Build, build a new with very little material to build with. Yeah. So that's why it's constantly They're trying to build down. a new without mending old fences. Yeah. It seems. Because you can't. I don't. How would you mend that fence? I know. It's it's a very broken fence. But anyway, I'd say that the next turning point is in season two, episode one. Yeah. Yeah. When Suki calls. Our daughter's getting married. Our daughter's getting married and she didn't tell us. When Rory gets married, I'd like her to tell us. Ooh. Like, Oof. what an ending to that fight between, I guess, Richard and Dean and Rory that, like, at the end of it, it's Emily being like, you have to make this right mm. for someone else mm-hmm. because I don't know how to make this right. Mm. Yeah. I can, like, that's the thing is, like, I know that so many people don't like Emily Gilmore because she is very manipulative. She is very hostile. She's very aggressive. And I know that, like, the intention is not always the, like, thing that you should pay attention to at this mm. moment. You really should pay attention to someone's actions. But seeing that I know. moment... And knowing how much that hurt her. And like, I think that that turning point plays into Hammers and Veils mm. when Lorelai comes over because she's not going to say anything to her. She's just going to like kind of let it go and kind of just like internalize this moment. But like, it's not like in an angry way mm. until Lorelai shows up. Mm-hmm. Until Lorelai makes it this thing. Not to say to blame her in any way. No, but that's exactly what Emily and Lorelai's relationship gives us gives the audience every time they get into one of these fights or every time they're like butting heads against each other we always understand the other person and we understand where they're coming from and to your point about people not really loving emily gilmore at all times and kind of seeing her as the villain of the show which i think she's poised to be a lot yeah she is an antagonist but at the end of the day she's a mother who desperately wants a relationship with her daughter and that's why people connect with her that's why they're like oh she's so nuanced like this isn't just you know I have a villainous mother who like just wants nothing but the worst for me maybe some people see her that way yeah because I mean I feel like a lot of people might see their mother there and like and see similar strokes and tendencies absolutely and like you kind of fill in the blank with like your own experiences to a character for sure not everything on the screen which is like totally understandable yeah totally 
totally makes sense why you wouldn't like her. Um, yeah, but I do think that Emily Gilmore's character is so nuanced. And like at the end of the day, the reason that we don't hate her is because we know that it, that her goal is to just get closer to yeah. her daughter. Well, because like if this show was like from the perspective of just Lorelai and Rory and we never got these little clip scenes where like, you know, the getting the Suki phone call and like talking to Richard about it and all of these like sort of little moments where, like sitting in the car after Rory's birthday saying like, I don't know my daughter. Like we would see Emily as a villain because she would just be like the antagonist all the time who's foiling Lorelai's plan to have a fun life. Yeah. <laughs> but because we get to see her, that's that's what's breaking our hearts. Totally. Totally. Rakuten is the most rewarding way to shop and save because members earn cash back on everything that they buy. Rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over 3,500 stores across every category, including beauty, clothing, electronics, home, department stores, pets, and more. And as you all know, I love shopping through the Rakuten app. Every time I shop online, I always start there to see what the cashback deals are. It's incredibly user-friendly, membership is free, and it's easy to sign up. The best part is you can maximize your savings by stacking cashback on top of other deals because the app lets you know what the store sales and coupons are at your favorite places to shop. Speaking of favorite places to shop, I love shopping Anthropology's post-holiday sale where they put their clearance on clearance. This year, not only did I get savings on top of savings, but I also got cash back by shopping their sale through Rakuten. Cashback rates are changing daily, so make sure that you check their site or your app to snag the best deals. Start all of your shopping at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app like me to start your saving today. Your cashback really adds up. I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tacovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you, but I also know <laughs> you've told me that you wear them while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my dress recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tacovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. And if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tacovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you outfitted. And if you can't make it into a store, Tacovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tacovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovis has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tacovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G-I-L-M-O-R-E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so they're always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Haley, I feel like most of our followers already know that we don't really drink alcohol, but we do love 
a fun beverage. Oh, we do. Both of us think a fun beverage and a chill night is the epitome of a good time, especially when that drink is a recess mood, which is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol. I drink mine every night while reading, of course. Tara, tell everyone how you enjoy yours. Honestly, I usually drink mine while we're recording the podcast. It's my favorite way to enjoy a recess. And all of our besties can get 15% off the recess mood sampler pack at takearecess.com GTS. Recess mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. But my personal favorite is the grapefruit tangerine. And with only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's the perfect way to chill. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com GTS and get 15% off recess mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. But to that end, like, I really think that there's a huge turning point between the two of them in season two, episode one, Sadie Sadie, and then subsequently in Hammers and Veils. And it's interesting how they resolve that. Like, at the end of the day, Lorelai still comes to her at the end of Hammers and Veils and is like, I don't want to not have you included in this process. Like, here's my olive branch. Yeah, because they're never going to actually talk about it. She's just going to be like, I don't know if you noticed, which was one of my favorite quotes last season was, I don't know if you noticed, but you and I don't communicate very well. Um, Mm. And so she just kind of like brushes it off, apologizes, and they just move forward with the veil. And she's like, your head's long for a veil. (laughs) Which is, I think, how they resolve a lot of their problems. Yeah. I feel like that's very realistic. We'll get to it. But in season three, I feel like we go through something very similar. But in season two, yes, I feel like that's kind of how they come to the resolution. And obviously, Emily gets her hair done for the wedding. She's going to attend. Everything is, you know, seemingly fine until she decides not to get married. And I'd say the next turning point for me, is Embrace Bridge Dinner. That has very little to do with Lorelai. It has to do with her relationship with Richard. Well, I was going to say that that, for me, felt more in presenting Lorelai Gilmore when they have their fight yes. at the, um, what is it called? At the debutante ball. The debutante ball, Interestingly, yes. like season two, and I would argue similarly season four, feel very much like big, big Emily turning points between her, Richard, and Lorelai. Because now we've thrown in the conflict with Richard. Yeah. We didn't really have a lot of that in season one. We didn't see a lot of butting heads between Emily and Richard. And when he starts right. to get so stressed out by work, we're presented with another conflict that Emily's up against. In addition to the fact that she's constantly in flux with her daughter yeah if, if we're talking about Richard on that I think it's like presenting Bracebridge and then that's kind of like the Richard and Emily arc for that sort of season for that season yeah yeah but when it comes to like the grand scope if we include Lorelai in this we've got presenting then we've got like mother like daughter because they do the fashion show together yeah then we've got the ins and outs of ends where she's like kind of budging on this uh painting that she's doing for uh Richard's study yeah. with Rory and the goose or the swan whatever the swan, the swan. And she kind of like budges on that. Like we see Emily like, you know, kind of cut loose a little bit and releasing the spawn. <laughs> a book. But then she finds out that the reason that Lorelai is all pooty in that episode is because Mia has shown up. Yeah. And then Emily goes to the end. She sees Mia. She meets Mia and confronts her. And I think that's a huge deal for her yeah because like she's always wanted to meet this woman who quote-unquote raised her daughter yeah i like that we never see anything like that's a direct response to 
meeting her. Mm. Like there's never any like, oh, I met Mia or like to like Richard or to Lorelai or to anyone that it's just something that like, you know, smacked her straight in the heart Mm. and that she just like carried that with her as Mm -hmm. she continued on. Mm -hmm. And you just like kind of see that she's now living with like the impact of that we never see her receive the pictures that right. Mia said she was going to send and I like that I like that we just like know how much that affected her and we don't need to be like handheld into totally seeing the effects of that totally because I think that we kind of get it with secrets and loans where she is going to co-sign I was going to bring that up no yeah no reason other than to just do something for Lorelai that she's capable of doing. Mm-hmm, she's rich. Mm-hmm. Lorelai needs help. She's yeah. going to help her save her house. Yeah. But it really puts them up against each other where Lorelai is like bracing herself for the, okay, what do you want? Oh, of course. Past precedents. She's like, it's always a deal with you. It's always a bargaining chip. So yeah. what do you want? She's like, Why nothing. She I just wanted otherwise. to do something nice yeah. for my daughter. It's interesting that I feel like that could have been a turning point with them. But because Secrets and Loans is such like a, a capsule episode yeah, as we've talked like about. we talked about. It's, it's not one that ever really goes anywhere. I, I wonder how much of an impact that made, especially because then the end of the episode when Lorelai is apologizing to her for thinking that she would want anything in exchange for the loan. Emily then shares that she's going to have her DAR lunches at the inn. Which she totally was not, like that was never in the plan. But I like that they get <laughs> to this kind of like silly place. Yeah. Like almost like they have this like a little bit of a resolution to like, you know, like she doesn't have to like lord this over her, that she can help her. They have this like capacity to do this. And I like that that kind of like gets dropped off a little bit so that we can then set up for like the conflict with Emily and Lorelai that then persists throughout the rest of the series, which starts in It Should Have Been Lorelai when we really realize from Emily just laying it out for us how much she thinks that Chris and Lorelai should be together that it should have been Lorelai that they should be together that the best thing for Lorelai to do for her life is to marry Chris and make them a real family yeah which like from Emily and Richard's perspective like we can go into this fully in a Chris moment which is like I think that Richard really likes Chris and Mm -hmm. wants Chris to be with Lorelai I think for Emily it's always like what is best for Lorelai here and it's being with Chris I don't think she could give a rat's ass about Chris honestly yeah and we kind of see that come to fruition later in the series with Emily yeah it's very interesting we'll get there I I agree with you that we'll We'll break that down another time. But yeah, I actually kind of forgot about it should have been Lorelai because they get into that huge fight and it's such a point of contention. Yeah, because that's where we like literally it's just like the foundation of like basically everything that happens in season five. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I'd argue that like the last kind of turning point for them in season two is and there's the rub. Yeah. Oh, because like that's the whole thing of like them going to the bar and then like they're just having this nice time. Yeah. But then something gets thrown off. Emily Mm -hmm. feels a little uncomfortable. And so she immediately starts jabbing back into Lorelai because she doesn't know how to be vulnerable. But then they go back and they do have a very vulnerable conversation. They do. Because again, like it's it's like I was just talking about. It's this setup of like they're having a great time. Everything's going well. They see what their relationship could be and then something just completely derails it. Yeah. But then when they come back and they have this conversation, they steal the robes together. Like Emily just feels like she's like, it's almost like, yeah, okay, we could do it like this. It doesn't have to be like you and Rory, Mm. but I want to be your friend. And arguably for like the rest of the season, they kind of are fine. Yeah. Because like there is that moment where like Rory breaks her arm and like doesn't tell them. I know. But like (laughs) Emily isn't like, too put off by that she's like you know she gets upset about it she gets very incensed but you know they don't really have that much conflict at the end i know 
And yeah. it's not until Rory goes in Lorelai's graduation day, she was like, she didn't think you'd come. That she, that like Lorelai has this feeling of like, mm. it would hurt her too much that they wouldn't come, mm. but then they show up. Mm. And I think that like, it's not so much like a turning point, but it is a major milestone. Just a huge moment. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of how I feel about like mother, like daughter, ins and outs of ins. It's like, it's not necessarily a turning point. It's just a milestone moment. Yeah. Because I think for Emily, like we're focusing on on her, like she had this moment where she like connected with her daughter and then arguably like the next like big moment that she has with her daughter, she's watching her graduate from business school Mm. and she's like, everything's great. Everything seems fine. Yeah. And then she seems like she's getting what she wanted because her daughter is going to be around what is it how do they keep phrasing it that chris is gonna he's gonna be seeing visiting his daughter, his daughter. yeah that's yeah so, they say that like 12 times in i a row. know I'm like come on you guys i know um, <laughs> but for emily she's like everything seems great like being emily gilmore at the end of season two sounds wonderful her husband's back at work her daughter is not too mad at her she's doing exactly what she wants of her yeah or she's of what she like not asked of her but like she's gonna be with the father for child like yeah everything's coming up aces what for emily more gilmore what she want until yeah. <laughs> those lazy hazy crazy days yeah when everything gets upended and i'd argue that haunted leg is a huge episode for yeah. Lorelai and emily because emily is upset with her for leaving the conversation at the end of lazy hazy after dropping this bomb that she and christopher would not be together because his girlfriend is pregnant she completely ignores all boundaries as emily gilmore does and calls christopher Asks to meet Lorelai at the diner, which Lorelai is like, never asked to meet me at the diner. What's going on? (laughs) And they end up talking where Emily shares with her, I called Christopher. I know he doesn't want to be with this woman. This leads us to Friday night dinner where Chris shows up. She had no idea he was coming. And she's like, Lorelai, I did not do this because she was trying to then respect her boundaries because Lorelai gets upset with her at Luke's. And then for Emily to come in on her like... (laughs) White horse. One of my favorite moments. And be like, Christopher... It's time for you to go. Leave now. <laughs> Leave now. Bye. Uh, I think that's a huge turning point for edge. them where she was like, okay, I shouldn't yeah. have meddled in this. Well, I think that if she doesn't learn her lesson in the slightest um, on that one. Well, but- <laughs> I think she takes a step back for a while. But yes, yeah, I agree. For like a full season and a half. Yeah. That's a solid, you know lesson learned for a little bit but i think it's like a real i don't know maybe like a turning point for the audience because i think that in lazy hazy when she's fighting with richard as like lorelei's leaving it's almost a thing of like is she team lorelei because of the way that she's talking about chris Mm -hmm. but like she does make the call to chris she thinks that she's doing what's best but at the end of the day when he shows up and like everything's kind of revealed Mm. she's like no i'm team lorelei did anyone doubt it absolutely not get out of here so i know i feel like that's that was good for us as an audience and emily to like be reassured of like yeah we gotcha thanks yeah em. for sure and then i would say that season three is pretty mild-mannered for emily and lorelei i think so too the only glimpse of like anything kind of milestone moment is the flashback in dear emily and richard i would even say before that is let the games begin when she's like oh i didn't of course, do this of course it's more of a richard lorelei which we can get yeah. into another time yeah she's like i didn't do this like yeah. i i'm here for you i'm here for I'm you team lorelei Don't yeah me into this totally but she's always gonna be they're just gonna loop together and they have a moment in deep fried korean thanksgiving which on that yeah. note I forgot about where she, you know, Emily comes out when Lorelai gets upset when she discovers that Rory has applied to Yale and she's like, you won't let Rory have one piece of our lives, will you? You hate us that yeah. much. Ooh. 
I forgot about that. Good moment. Mm. Oh, God. We are so close on Patreon. I can't wait to. I've been, like, depriving myself of this. I know. So I'm just, like, so excited to get I know. there. I can't wait. But then, like I said, I'd argue that, like, the moments after that for them are kind of few and far between. They're more, like... I said kind of like yeah like Emily and Richard in Dear Emily and Richard there's so many details yeah. in the past wait you said that and I literally just teared up I don't know why <laughs> like just the idea of like like the flashbacks just of like Dear Emily and Richard just pulling out all the Emily moments yeah of like how this is impacting her mm. of like seeing her walk through the hallway when like young Lorelai is about to give birth and like yeah her thinking about like her going to help Sherry and like mm. I don't know that Emily would ever do something like that um, yeah but her reading the letter oh, at the end of the episode yeah. in the flashback so that's more of a turning point in their entire journey yeah for how we got here less like a turning point in their current journey it's almost like if we're looking about Emily as like a person rather than a character mm. like finding the letter or I guess like finding out Lorelai's pregnant but it's finding the letter until the pilot like mm. kind of like what was her life in that span mm -hmm. which is like what makes that so emotional so that at the yeah. end of the episode when Lorelai like that whole episode is like what do you do when dad's not here and she's like kind of nothing oh, and, and she she gets, gets her, her the DVD, DVD player, player and sings Easter Bonnet and all the yeah. DVDs. She gets to the oh, musicals right. and they have this moment of, you know, like she left and it's this whole like really deep dramatic flashback series of scenes. But what we're getting from Emily and Lorelai now is like everything's mostly fine, at yeah. least in this moment of like yeah. she wants to take care of her mom, not as like a couple or not even as her mother, but just like as a person who has a life outside of her husband. And she's like, mm. you love musicals. Let's do this. Yeah. And so it's just oh, like, that's, that. that's like one of my, I know a lot of people don't like that episode. Really? I love that episode. I've seen so many people not like that one, but I just love. Why? Is everybody okay? It's the Sherry part of it. Do you like the Sherry part of it? I don't love the Sherry part of it. Oh, I don't love the Sherry part of it, but like the flashbacks the I really Emily like. part of it. And yeah. the Emily part of it is yeah. really beautiful. Yeah. But I just love the way that that all parallels. Yeah. Wow. I also like that in That'll Do Pig that Lorelai and Emily kind of bond a little bit over yeah. the way that Trix treats Emily. Oh, it's so good. And it just feels like three is kind of like, like from the end of two, it feels like three is really just building off of that like Lorelai's graduation day feeling like, you know. There's some disappointing moments, but they're mostly coming from Richard because I feel like, unfortunately, the next time that we like really get that moment from Emily, which like, what the fuck was she expecting was in Happy Birthday Baby at her birthday dinner when they go uh -huh. to Friday night dinner for Lola's birthday and mm -hmm. she pays them back with the money that Richard gave her for being born for Chilton. And it's like, Ooh. why didn't first of all, why didn't you pay back the loan for your house? <laughs> that is neither here nor there. But yeah. what did you expect? Showing up at dinner with your mom who feels like so attached to you. Who's so happy. Yeah. On your birthday. On your birthday. Like, uh, what did you think was going to happen? When Rory has that conversation with her afterwards, like, that's, she she had to have known. But, like, from yeah. Emily's perspective, it makes so much sense that, like, again, past precedence, she's only going to come to us if she has an obligation. If I'm lording something over her, which is so manipulative, but it's like Lorelai didn't give really any indication that anything was going to be different. Mm. And so she doesn't, they don't have enough trust for that. And I totally understand why it hurt Emily. Oh my God. That's a huge turning point in their relationship. Yeah. Because for the rest of the season, 
Lorelai doesn't really see her mom. Yeah. She doesn't see either of her parents until there's a shrinks Pinocchio, right? Yeah, I think so. Because they see each other at the graduation. Yeah, because there's like this. The and Emily's fire. like, should we yeah. sit together? And she's like, yes, we should sit together. You and they leave that seat. Yes. They leave the seat in between. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah, I think in those are strings Pinocchio. Ugh. I don't even think, though, that that's a turning point yet, because I would say that the turning point is in ballrooms and biscotti. Well, that's true, because I feel like so much of what we've talked about here is how Emily's arc is dependent on Lorelai. We were going to talk a lot about Emily, but it's just, like, so hard to, like, detach the two of them, because Strings Mm. Pinocchio feels like Rory. It's, like, kind of like Rory's commitment to them, where it's, like... Yeah, Rory forging her own relationship that doesn't include her mother. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's more of, like, the request that she makes and i'm sure from emily if like we're sitting in emily's mind and her seat in this she probably is thinking about the fact maybe not very presently because she's kind of excited when she comes to her when rory comes to the two of them and asks them to pay for yale so that lorelei can get her in and do her whole thing her life that she probably has a presence of mind to be like this is exciting we get rory but what about Lorelai? Like, because mm. she does expect her to come when we get there. Like, in, yeah, in that sort of she does. Season four feels like a real turning point, but it's it almost feels like that's not quite. It's not quite her and um, Lorelai's story the, because yeah. Strings Pinocchio is really the culmination of Rory and how everyone has helped Rory because she's graduating from high school. Yeah. So yeah. it's more of like them being proud of her and Emily and Richard getting to go to someone's high school graduation. Mm. So mm-hmm. I imagine that was very emotional for Emily as a person. Yeah. We never really get that fully, but she did get to see Lorelai graduate last season. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Like she does actually get to see Lorelai graduate, but I think that they're very proud of Rory and the yeah. way that Rory gets to do her speech and call the two of them out in that speech. Oh. Oh, yeah. very special but Wait, yeah i do agree with you right now i know but i <laughs> do agree with you that that feels more like a rory yeah emily richard episode less of a milestone moment with lorelei and her parents yes i have a question for you that i'm kind of thinking about if we hadn't seen lorelei graduate in season two maybe she graduates the beginning of four maybe in mm. later in four and the first graduation that emily and richard got to go to was rory's high school graduation mm. do you think that there would have been like a hostility from emily to lorelei being like in the same way that it's like um at least she had a husband to kill <laughs> Ooh, yeah like that like um, at least there we get could to have see been, yeah especially coming off of happy birthday baby and how much resentment emily is holding towards lorelei yeah maybe but like yeah but now they get to have like this little pride in her that like you know she graduated from business school which we really shouldn't have our parents only be prideful in us because of our achievements but that really is very sure of them yeah but maybe she gets to have this little thing that she doesn't have to lord anything over lorelei because she's equally as proud of her as she is of rory Mm. yeah it's true maybe that's maybe that's a good thing yeah no i mean i wouldn't give anything up to sacrifice the moment that we get to see in lorelei's graduation day it's so good just like emily's proud face looking up at her ed herman's face too is just like Oh, oh my God. I know. So we covered seasons one through three and what we think Emily's arc is throughout that. But if you had to put like a definitive, these are the milestone moments, like one milestone moment from each season that we Mm. just discussed, what would you choose? You know, I would have chosen Rory's dance before we started talking today, but I'm actually going to choose Rory's birthday parties. Mm. I think that she didn't have enough self-awareness to recognize, as we notice at the part, like the Chilton party at Emily's house. Mm. She's like, I know you. But when she realizes she doesn't, I think that that 
really impacts so much of what happens Mm -hmm. that she never would have reached that on her own. Yeah. I think it's forgiveness and stuff. Yeah. Because I do agree with everything you're saying. But I think that forgiveness and stuff also could arguably be a milestone between Lorelai and Richard. Yeah. Um, And we'll talk about that another time. Thanks, Daddy. (laughs) But I think that it's kind of like it's coming off of this huge fight in Rory's dance where like they have really laid it all on the table. Right. Like they've said things that they have been thinking for 16 years. Yeah. And it's finally been spoken to. But the way that that gets cast aside to deal with a family problem because at the root of it all, they are family, I think is the first major turning point in their relationship because Lorelai is showing up. The fact that Emily was shocked that Lorelai showed up and she's like trying to privately call her. Do we think that's a Lorelai turning point? Yeah, I I guess so. But I think that Emily wouldn't have, I don't know that Emily would have called Lorelai if they hadn't had this relationship. Maybe she would have because at the end of the day, like it's her father. Her father. (laughs) Thank you. But that's a really good question. Yeah, I guess I guess if we're coming at it from an Emily standpoint. Because I don't I don't think it's not entirely unrelated to Emily. Yeah, but you're right. It's 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 more of a Lorelai turning point. That she's like showing up for her family. Yeah. Then I guess I would say Rory's dance. Yeah. Because I do agree that Emily coming mm, God, this is hard. Yeah. This is hard. Because I feel like it's like it's almost like the after effects of that conversation is what we feel like when they're like ooey gooey moments at the house. Mm. And then when they're fighting, it's like, this isn't a turning point. This is what we expected. Everything's blowing up. Yeah. Even though that's literally one of my favorite fights. Yeah. I feel like we'll have to rank all of Emily and Laura's fights because they I know. How could all we? right. Well, I'm I'm gonna go w- with you on this. Oh Rory's birthday parties. I brought you back. We're together. Real yeah. gin. <laughs> we can hold hands and skip afterwards. Great. All right, what would you say season two? Ooh. Season two. As much as I want to say it should have been because it really sets up so much, I'm gonna mm. say there's the rub. Mm. There's the rub. One hundred percent. Have to be. Have to and be. I think it was meant to be that way. Oh, yeah. Them sitting on that bed, stealing the robes. The setup, the vulnerable conversation that they end up having after the fight. Like, Emily yeah, Gilmore eating peanuts at the bar. I know. Is that not the biggest shocking? Like, that was shocking. She's just <laughs> like a little squirrel eating those little like peanuts. A little squirrel. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Save some for winter. Um, okay. So then season three, what would you say? Oh, okay. Um... I really want to say Emily and Richard, dear Emily and Richard, when she buys her the DVD, just because it feels so cozy. But I think that it's is like it. a Lorelai moment. Yeah. yeah, it's really not like you're totally right. Oh, man. I think it's let the games begin. I want to say happy birthday, baby. But again, that feels Lorelai because it's not mm-hmm. anything to do with Emily. Oh, that one's this one's really hard. This one is tough. Yeah, season I wanna, three is a tough one. I want to say Haunted Leg because... Haunted Leg is also, yeah. That's when she like really comes out swinging for Lorelai. She does. But to your point that you brought up before, she only learns from that mistake temporarily. Oh, for sure. Because in season five, we see her completely yeah. wipe her memory clean it's a turning point and then she turns around (laughs) exactly i would say that in let the games begin she kind of zooms out a lot and is like oh (laughs) richard's trying to manipulate this situation we have to let rory do this on her own we're gonna lose lorelei Uh, oh you're right that is kind of one of the first sort of like uh this isn't this isn't me it's him yeah because we get more of that next season and four Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. oh okay i'm on board let the yeah. games begin. I'm here. While we're on board yeah. together. Yeah. 
Yeah, look at us. We're boarding the ship together. Yeah, I really love that. No, no sparkly hearts. (laughs) I know. I love it. The thing is, is that we could go on for hours about this topic can i be can i be honest with you i thought (laughs) i thought that we were gonna like cover a lot of this in like you know five minutes for season one five for two no emily gilmore is such a complex character i know and so we're definitely gonna have to break down her arc from season four on to the revival this was an unexpected part two because we just couldn't stop talking we always have more to say you and me (laughs) i know One of the reasons why is because season four, I think that's like as we're like talking now, we realize that that is like such an Emily heavy season and there'd be like no way that we could like do that concisely because there's just so much that happens for her there. And we'll have more to say on that next episode. If you want more Gilmore to say, join us on Patreon where you can listen to our spoiler-full rewatch podcast, Gilmore Revisited, where we're currently watching season three. You can also join us for live watches, our community Discord page, and get monthly merch discounts to our old-fashioned merch shop at gilmoretosay.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Gilmore to Say Podcast, where you can stay up to date on all things Gilmore to Say. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 